Welcome to Manager Tools, a special Hall of Fame presentation of Simple Interviewer Training, Part 2, dedicated to the group of professionals at Microsoft, whom I spent a fantastic day with recently. Welcome to Manager Tools. Simple Interviewer Training, Part 2. Here we go. Today's cast answers these questions. How can I train my directs to interview? How do I teach the basics of interviewing? Can directs interview without being able to vote? If you want answers to these questions, keep on listening. Now you talked about having your directs watch a video of you re, uh, interviewing a, a candidate. Yeah. How about them having them just sit in on the interview? Yeah, absolutely, that's one of our recommendations. I mean, if you have to jumpstart it, you can use video, and certainly you could use video. Video is, is, is it extends the process, it gives you more flexibility and so on. The problem is, there are people who will say they watched the video and didn't have any questions, and in fact, what they mean is, the video was running, but I didn't really pay attention right. to it. Now, I wouldn't want to be that guy who said that to me, but that's okay. Um, and the way you avoid that is you actually have them sit in on an interview. Because I, I got to tell you, we love video. We have the Video Effective Manager Conference, Video Effective Interview Conference, so on. We make it available to people. And video is simply a different level of involvement than face-to-face. -face. And so, therefore, it's a standard of our process that before a non-trained, non-interview trained direct can conduct their own interview, they need to sit through interviews that other people conduct. It's likely that their entire experience, if they're an individual contributor, and for that case, in some case, managers, it's likely that their entire experience in interviews is in being interviewed by someone who didn't know how to interview, which is even worse than, I don't know, it's just horrible. Even if the person interviewing them was good, the idea that being interviewed is adequate training for being the interviewer is a little ludicrous. Yeah, it's, it's like telling a two-year-old, here, I'm going to throw you a ball, catch it. Oh, he can catch the ball, so therefore he can throw the ball. Well, well no. throw a ball to a two-year-old and then try, or a one-year-old and try to get him to throw it to you back. They can catch it. I mean, their brain works that way. Yeah, catching and throwing are two different things. Being interviewed is catching. Interviewing is throwing. And it's no wonder that hiring is done so poorly everywhere when that's how it's done. You know, have you done interviews? Yeah, oh, yeah, I've done interviews. And so they say, well, good, here, interview this guy. Great. And the guy realizes, oh, I've done interviews, meaning I've been interviewed, but I've never actually done an interview as an interviewer. Sitting in on, on one interview is probably not enough. I'd say probably two, right? Two. Two. And look, if you want to speed up the process, every single interview that gets conducted at your site can have somebody sitting in, okay? In fact, if Mike is my boss and I'm a direct to his and he's interviewing somebody and maybe there are three or four other guys on the team who are interviewing, I could sit in on Joe's interview and Mike's or I could sit on Joe's and Bob's and that's two interviews in one day and that's you know and it takes me two hours um, and you might say oh gosh I you know I don't know if I if they can afford two hours you're not willing to give your people two hours worth of, of real live interviewing training when they will probably spend the next 25 years of their professional life interviewing people it boggles the mind Oh, fine. What you're basically saying is if you're not willing to do that, if they're not willing to sit in and passively observe and make some notes and ask some questions afterwards and so on, 
It's like saying, it's okay. They can have a voice and mess up the first 10 interviews of people who are candidates that they do. Because that's what they'll have to do. They'll have to learn at the expense of candidates. And we don't. We don't want that. If you're listening to this podcast, you're unlikely to fit in the category of yeah, yeah. a manager that's unwilling to do this. <laughs> Just exactly. a guess. Yeah. And look, we recommend in the first one, really, they just learn the structure and the process in that first interview that they're sitting in. Okay. Particularly if they've never had any exposure to a really solid, well-built behavioral interview. Even if you're hiring people using the manager tools interviewing model now with behavioral interview questions and so on, the person we're talking about may have been hired before you took over, uh, you inherited them, and so they don't know our process, they don't know behavioral interviews, or lots of companies, lots of managers, lots of executives say we use behavioral interviews, and they ask, tell me about yourself and give me an example of a significant accomplishment, one or two, and that's it, and the rest of the time is just sort of rambling kind of not valuable time spent. And that's not a behavioral interview either. The point being, they're going to be learning both, oh my gosh, these questions are qualitatively different and this interview feels different because there's a structure on the front end, there's introductions, there's chit chat, there's a series of questions in a certain order, there's probing and so on. They really won't be able to understand the details of the questions and how hard it is to listen well, take notes and probe in the very first interview. Uh, so in that second interview, with that process already in their head, they can start focusing on what matters, which is the effective questions that you ask and the answers and the probing to know, to probing the answer to find out whether the candidate really does have what we're looking for or not. Now, huge point. When they do sit in on an interview, make sure that the interviewer informs the candidate that the trainee is not the, the trainee being your direct who's being trained, is not part of the interview. They won't be asking questions. They won't be called upon to provide evaluations. They're simply there to observe. Yeah, that's a great point. Well, if you don't cover that point, that's gonna, that's unfair to the interviewee, that's for sure. It is, right, exactly. And so to facilitate this, this is the way to make this easy, guys. Have the trainee sit out of view of the candidate being interviewed, okay? If you don't know what that means, here's what it means. You're sitting in position A, the candidate is sitting position B. You draw a line from A to B. Then you draw a line perpendicular to that line at B. So now what you've got basically is a T, you're at the base and the candidate is in the middle. The trainee must sit behind the line that the candidate is sitting in the middle of. The candidate is facing you, so they should be sitting behind the candidate, further away from you than the candidate. Not at 90 degrees so they can watch the face of the candidate because that will freak the candidate out. Okay, you don't want that. You want them 30 to 40 to 50 degrees away behind that perpendicular line to the line between you and the candidate. Yeah, and in that position, the the person who's observing is observing you, the interviewer, not really the interviewee, exactly. right? Yeah, they'll certainly hear everything the candidate says and they'll judge it and they're smart enough to do that. But you absolutely don't want the trainee sitting next to you. It will cause it to be a dual interview. In fact, for good measure, it's probably good to say specifically, this isn't a team interview. This is not a tandem interview. This is not a panel interview. It's just you and I and 
we think interviewing is important, and Joe here is sitting in in order to prepare him to be interviewed to be an interviewer in the future. And guys, there are just so much misinformation available today about panel interviews and dual interviews. It's staggering. We'll cover that. I, we have future guidance on no panel interviews, no dual interviews, and so on. It's a bad idea. Just trust us on that. Don't do it. And what's more, the trainee is not an interviewer. And it stresses candidates out. It causes interview degradation in terms of quality. Never substitute efficiency when what you're hoping for is effectiveness. Another point is if the interviewee can see the the person observing, right, the person you, you're training to be an interviewer, the person observing is going to take notes, right? They have to take notes about yeah. what's going on if they're going to effectively learn. And if they're taking notes and the interviewee can see them, the interviewee is going to assume that the person's evaluating them. It's completely natural. Yeah. And so now they want to include them. That's right. And they're going to talk to them. They're going to look for the person's facial expressions. And yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And the whole the interview goes south. Facial, <laughs> Real quick. Yeah. The, now they're looking at the facial expressions of somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. Right. And the person is, is yeah, has, has a look of consternation on their face, not because of what the interviewee said, but because they don't understand the process, right? Yeah. They just don't know. And they're concentrating to get the notes down or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And to your point, ask the trainee to take notes about what they see and hear. Give them a copy of the interviewing questions you've already prepared in advance because, of course, you know you're supposed to prepare your questions in advance because the single biggest tactical error in all interviews since the history of mankind is not listening to the answer to the previous question because you're busy flailing around trying to figure out what your next question should be. My gosh, it's just so... Every time I say that, I just cringe. Uh, and, And for the record, I didn't know any better until I get out of the army. So ask the trainee to take notes and then have the trainee and the interviewer debrief afterwards so that you can talk. Hey, I had a question. Why did you ask this question? Why did you probe there? What about this? What about that? By the way, this will make your people who interview better interviewers by having to describe what they did and why they did it. And look, guys, it goes without saying, we've tried to make it very clear. This is not a tandem interview. Tell the trainee, don't speak other than being briefly introduced. That probably, again, seems like overkill, but lots of candidates are confused or unaware of their role of the trainee's interview. And they may work very hard to attempt to include that trainee even after being told not to do so. And if that does happen, if they include the trainee inadvertently or stupidly or whatever, tell the trainee, I don't care if they talk to you or not, don't talk. And When they talk to you, I'll say, well, I'll take that. And just real clear, just ignore the trainee. He's just here. He doesn't know any better and so on. And if you come to work here, this is what you'll have to go through before you can sit on an interview. We want you to know that if we hire you, you've been through a rigorous process and you met our high standards and we won't hire anybody who isn't as good or better than you. And you don't get to be one of those decision makers unless you've been through some training. Okay, so now the, the trainee has sat through one of the interviews that you've conducted, or or two, actually. Two, and, yes. And next step is to have them sit in on one of my favorite meetings of all time, the interview results capture sessions. Yeah, if I couldn't 
teach one-on-ones, only one-on-ones, if I, if I was ordained to only do one thing, this would be in my top 10, the interview results capture session. Because if you do this right, but you're not doing interviewing right, gradually this will force your interviewing to get a lot better. Now, full disclosure, guys, we're not going to walk through the details of the interview results capture meeting here. Um, you'll be able to glean some of it. We have other guidance on the website, manager-tools.com, and of course, in your app, um, or on iTunes, you can find it as well. One of our most popular podcasts, those people who have instituted interview results capture meeting just say, it's astounding. I didn't realize how each interview could be positively affected by a meeting you have at the end of the day, but it's true. Right. But at a high level, just for those who are not familiar with yeah. it, it's everybody who's done the, the, done the interviews. There might be four or five, six or seven people who, who've interviewed the candidate and they get together to talk about what they've observed. Yeah. Getting together to talk about what they observed is, yeah, that, that's, that's a very high level, but you're right. Basically. Yeah. It's everybody gets together. And, yeah. It's a little bit know, more structured than I just described, yeah, but, but then we start getting into the details, which we don't yeah. want to do here. And once the direct knows about the overall process and how interviews are conducted and they've sat through some interviews and so on, they need to see how a professionally run interviewing day ends. And so we're going to have them sit in on the interview results capture meeting, and they're going to learn that each interviewer is required to start their briefing in the meeting with a hire, not hire recommendation or decision, followed by specific behavioral feedback that supports that decision. The second biggest problem in interviewing today is interviewers not being required to have a decision at the end of the interviews. Right. And so they come into the end of the day and like, oh, I liked him. I didn't like him. And we end up with the loudest voice, positive or negative, winning the day in terms of whether somebody gets hired or doesn't get hired. So the interview results capture meeting, when they go through it, will completely convince a direct who sits through it of the importance of their role in interviews, how each interview stands on its own. It is not an ingredient in a stew. Okay, that's not that's what, most, what most people do. Most people say, I don't have to be a great interviewer because there's eight interviewees, so I only have to be one-eighth of a great interview. No, you have to be a great interview individually, and then individually we're each required to give a higher or not higher recommendation. And if you know you're going to have to say a higher or not higher and then defend it, that makes you tighten up notably in your interview. And you wouldn't want to be in an interview that had that as an output of it, as a result of it, unless you'd had some training in advance. Otherwise, you're just going to be embarrassed. You're just going to be embarrassed. And it, and it and wouldn't be your fault. You'd just be embarrassed as a professional. You'd be like, well, I clearly don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, it'd be Somebody awful. train me. <laughs> so, okay. So now they've, they've, they've sat through two interviews that you've conducted or somebody else, an interviewer yeah. who's been trained has conducted. Now, the next step is they actually get to interview. Yeah. It's time to let them conduct their own interview. Tell them they're going to get the standard question set. They'll have to conduct an interview just like everybody else that day. By the way, don't put a trainee with them, okay? That's just one more thing for them to have to deal with. If something goes weird or unusual, the schedule gets interrupted or whatever. Oh, by the way, I, uh, one more thing. I want to go back to the trainee thing for just a second. I had a trainee once ask me when I was training somebody. I was bringing them in. It's just, they said, hey, would it be okay if I brought some some notes. I said, well, sure. I, mean, I want you to take notes and so on. He says, well, I'm actually working on this other project. Can I sit in the back and then just get some other work done? This is before cell phones and stuff. 
I'm like, why Why would you do that? No. Why, why would you do that? He says, well, I've been really busy, and so if I'm just going to be sitting there, I'm not involved. I said, oh, you're involved. Oh, my. But you have a choice. I told him, I said, look, dude, you're really smart, so you have a choice. You're welcome to bring in other work. If you do so, you will never interview here, ever. I will never allow you as long as I'm here in this role, or if you're in my department, you'll never interview. So your call, or you can come in, and you can focus on learning about interviewing. He says, well, when you say it like that, I said, well, you started it. <laughs> wow. You're the one asking dumb questions. Every once in a while, you hear something you just... Yeah, I, it's like, just, seriously? He can't, he can't believe it. Okay, you said it, so I know. I believe if you said it happened, yeah. it happened. And um, wow. Yeah. Okay. On their first interview, when they're solo, the candidate is not told that this person who this person is and whether they're experienced or not for that first interview we recommend they conduct the interview and they come to the results capture meeting and they have to give a recommendation but their vote doesn't count okay the recommendation won't count against the unanim unanimity requirement of the meeting folks if you've never listened to interview results capture meeting guidance we don't have time to go through it it's 30 minutes long go listen to that to understand what we mean by that but they'll have to come up with a recommendation decision. They'll have to make a recommendation. Oh, yeah. that's, part of, that's part of the responsibility of the interviewer. They will vote, but their vote won't count. Yeah. 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 So they'll have to say yay, nay, and here's why. And support it. Right. Yeah. Because we want them to feel what it's like that you have 45 minutes or an hour, and you have to know at the end of that whether you're going to recommend hire or not hire. This is the big problem. People come into interviews and say, well, I'll just talk to them, and then we'll go and we'll talk again at dinner time tonight about whether we're going to hire this guy or not. No, we're not talking. If we need people to talk, well, we'll just all sit around and talk all day. No, you have to make a decision. And by the way, this is good training for you being a manager when your people disagree and you have to decide, am I going to hire this person or not hire them? And everybody's going to know it's your decision. We want you to be ready for that when the company looks to you, when your name is essentially on the decision. And here, here's what's funny about this. When we first tested this, the idea of the training, and, and allowing people to conduct an interview where their vote didn't count. We assumed that the directs that were being trained would want to vote, you know, as a reward. They went through the previous steps and the training and so on. And they actually conducted an interview. Well, if I conducted the interview, I want to vote. But many professionals, more than half of the professionals that we trained said they weren't used to the level of preparation and precision of this process and were quite worried that their vote was going to be laughed at, not considered seriously because they were new, and that their relatively untrained opinions were actually going to carry too much weight if their vote counted. And so they actually said, it was actually kind of good that I got to go through an entire one and I knew my vote wouldn't count even though I had to vote. I had to brief everybody with my vote, but I was kind of glad that I got one more chance to learn before I decided because in our guidance, if 10 people interview and nine people say yes, and one person says no, that person doesn't get hired. And if the one person who says no is a fairly well untrained new direct, are you really want to fall on your sword about that decision? Probably not. All right. Then we'd be done, except we're not done because not the done. training never yeah. ends. Never. Yeah. Look, interviewing for most of us follows Horseman's Christmas rule, right? Anything that's important, 
which you also do relatively rarely, is going to be hard. And you are less likely to get better at it because it's episodic and you don't get the benefit of repetition. Okay? Make sure your directs know that when they've started interviewing and their vote does count, they've only really just started the real learning process. Mike, you've told me before about you used to own a um, Taekwondo studio and Mm -hmm. uh, had instructors and everything. And my sons did it too. You've told me repeatedly. There's a a rule or general feeling among uh, martial artists that when you achieve black belt is really when you start the learning process. Yeah, you're, if you, for those more experienced, black belts are our babies. You, you really just now know enough to begin to learn, frankly. Yeah. There's a concept in the Eastern world called shuhari, where shu is step one. You just learn the building blocks. Ha is you begin to put them together. And re is you no longer think about these things anymore. They have become internal and you can act upon these things without conscious thought. And basically what we've given you a process for here is to get them to shoe, is to just teach them the basics, right? And over the course of 10, 50, 100 interviews, they'll go through ha. It is only later in your career that you really have a shot at re. And for many people, if you stay a frontline manager, you may never get to that, the zen-like place where you can conduct an interview and you're totally confident of your actions and therefore of the decisions you make and so on. And it's too bad because... If more folks were at the re-level about the most important decisions that organizations make about their own sustainability, we'd end up having better organizations. And look, if one of your directs wants to be a manager someday, they're going to have to learn fast enough so that they can be a trainer of this process someday. You don't know it until you can teach it, right? Yeah. What, what, I've said it before. What, you know, there's an old joke among doctors. See one, do one, teach one. That's the thing. You learn how to do it by watching, and then you have to do it. And then the way they really, really tighten, really deepen, really help you learn what it is you're doing is you have to do it and teach someone else to do it. And it's been my experience. I've become a better manager by having to teach it and thinking about it. So at a high level, it's really important to have a process. It's really important to to help everybody understand what the process is, you definitely want your directs interviewing people for positions that will become their peers. They don't have to, you don't have to only have managers interview people. Brief them on the process, have them sit in on your interviews, have them sit in on the results capture meeting, allow them to interview on their own sort of a training interview where they don't get to vote before they actually start interviewing. And that's when their next level of, of development really begins. You know, I mentioned before about how really great organizations they know that 80% of learning, of development, let's call it development, of your ability to grow comes from your job and not from going to internal or external training. That's how organizations learn. And we as managers teach people. If you're not teaching people, don't be surprised that they're not learning. We introduce them to the process that we follow. We show them how it works and we give them parts of it to practice and master. And look, guys, if your manager didn't do this for you, you could get away with not doing it for your directs, but do you really want to visit that failure on your team? I don't think you do. Not if you're listening. Yeah, we can talk another hour about the importance of, of processes and having a system. You know, if you interview people and you get great results, 
but you don't know how you did it. It's magic, which is how a lot of the world works. They think it's magic. It's, and then it's, it's not it's teachable. Not sustainable. It's not teachable. It's not sustainable. And it dies with you. There are too many managers who say my management style is my personality and that completely rules out all your directs who don't have your personality and then you compound it by only hiring people with your personality for your job as if your personality was the reason you're good it's not yes yeah, that belief is pretty pernicious actually yeah um, it is okay thanks dude that was that was awesome i enjoyed that quite a bit one of my favorite topics all right man we'll see you later you too Thanks, everyone. Hope you enjoyed it. Have a great one. So long. This podcast was produced by Manager Tools. Manager Tools creates actionable management guidance every single week. To receive additional materials via our newsletter and to find products for situations you may face as a manager or professional, go to www.manager-tools.com. Search for Manager Tools on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn.